of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Somebody, why don't you put your hands together for the Lord? Why don't you add a shout of praise unto our God tonight? In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Tonight, as we have come for the Good Friday service, nobody here killed Jesus. Hallelujah. Nobody here crucified the man. Hallelujah. So you cannot be feeling bad that Jesus died. The only feeling you are allowed is the feeling of feeling good. Hallelujah. If somebody is feeling good that tonight someone has died for you and I, you want to put your hands together for him and give the Lord a shout in this place in the name of Jesus. You want to shout like people who are victorious. Amen. None of us here killed Jesus. Amen. Nobody. Hey. Hallelujah. You want to turn to your neighbor say, neighbor, are you a suspect? The way you are not shouting, I don't understand. Hallelujah. If this neighbor is not shouting, shake the neighbor, shake the neighbor. Hallelujah. Amen. You can take your seats in the house of the Lord. Even those of us who are wearing red, we did not kill Jesus. Amen. Those of us who are wearing black, we did not kill Jesus. Amen. As for those who are wearing white, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. I can see be a honor. Hallelujah. <laughs> we thank God for tonight. It's a wonderful service. Let's put our hands together for the Lord once again. Yes. Tonight we'll have a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I believe we're ready to hear from God. We're ready to receive from God. But before then, there is a ministration. Hallelujah. There is a ministration. Amen. Now this church has a very special department known as Overflow Creative Arts Department. Amen. Hallelujah. A.K.A. Occard. Occard. Overflow Creative Art Department. Now, this department is so unique and dynamic that you have not seen them this year. Hallelujah. And tonight, they are ready to minister unto you and I. You want to jump onto your feet. In fact, you cannot sit down and receive this ministration. You want to give the Lord a shout. You want to give the Lord a clap as we receive our overflow creative art department as they minister unto us. Let's put our hands together for her. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, you want to do it better for the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're so privileged to bring this particular ministration to you today. It's Good Friday, and we want to celebrate that fact. So this piece is called Blood Agar on a Good Friday. For those of us in the health sciences, you know that blood agar is a growth medium we use to culture bacteria. But in this case, it's not just about the bacteria. So I pray that you are blessed by this ministration. Amen. Dear ladies, Jesus wasn't the kind of guy that would have you stop and stare at him when you saw him in the street. He wasn't the kind of guy that would make you nudge your best friend and go, Ooh, he's fine. Because he wasn't. 
And men's wing. Before you judge the ladies for being shallow, if you had met Jesus at the men's wings of life's playground, you would have shunned him. Because he wasn't a daddy's boy, but he was forever talking about his father's business. Jesus was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. The gene transcription of his life would have read, start codon, G-U-G-T-A-C-H-A-U-C, stop codon, grief upon grief to appease God at your cost, the price you could never have paid. You know how James Bond is 007 and never seems to die? Well, Jesus God lived for double three, three years, and in the end, he did die, even though he didn't work for Wudin on a wooden cross. For me, for you, V, W, X, Y, all the way to Z. But I digress. You see, on Good Friday, Pontius Pilate should have just stuck to eating pie late. Funny enough, he did not eat that pie, but he washed his hands off of Jesus' blood. He had him lashed and by his stripes we are healed. But the world must have thought we were talking about a zebra crossing because it walks all over those stripes. His sacrifice, his blood that's run red, a river of redemption for wrongful sinners. Blood I got on a good Friday. Was Jesus petrified? Did he feel fear as DYDX approached near like his death? So Shatawani may not have been at this showdown to eternity, but the Roman soldiers sure were and they knew how to use their spears. They pierced his side, and out of his belly flowed rivers of living water and blood to slake the thirst of a multitude that had been crying out for the Messiah from the beginning of time. The sun set at three. The second of the Trinity breathed his last. For once, for all, forever, the Lamb of God was slain to take the sins of mankind. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. His blood poured at the altar, richer than any blood that microbe could use to culture stuff orias. His death transcends date and time and place and culture and still is relevant today. For in death we shall see life, according to anatomy. Jesus' death holds all the power because he didn't stay dead. He rose again. And he may not be the conventional liver surgeon, but in exchange for deliverance, he wants your heart. The one who was bruised and broken wants to make you whole. Hearken to his call, for he loves you so. Have a good Friday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many of us are ready for the word? Oh, this excitement is not, it's not ready for the word. Hallelujah. How many of us are ready for the word? Hallelujah. If you are ready like I am, let's give honor to our very own father and our very own daddy, Dr. Leslie. Let's rise to our feet and receive the ministry of our very own daddy. Amen. Hallelujah. You may take your seats. Before I start preaching, I want us to put our hands together for the Lord Jesus. If there's any day that you should be excited about Jesus and what he did, I believe it is today. Can you put your hands together for Jesus? And if your voice is yours, you can add a shout of praise to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. You may sit down. Thank God I didn't have to ask you to stand. 
Hallelujah. Yeah. Good Friday is a good day. Amen. Tonight, I want you to feel very free in this service. Hallelujah. Yeah. Don't be too diplomatic. Hallelujah. We are coming to talk about blood. It's a very bloody affair this evening. No room for so Ayemujasem. Thank you very much. You're in the spirit. Ayemujasem. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. God is punishing the devil. By now, Jesus has entered hell. And he's doing some karate chops and some kung fu kicks. The Bible said Jesus Christ. Having spoiled principalities and powers, he made an open show of them, triumphing over them. By now, some femurs are breaking and some spines are breaking in hell. Hallelujah. We thank God for Jesus. But tonight, we want to talk about the blood. Everybody say the blood. Say the blood. Say it again, the blood. Hallelujah. There's a lot to say about the blood. I don't even know where to start from. <laughs> Somebody said, you see, Easter and Christmas messages are the most difficult to preach. Because it's always centers around the same thing. It's like, ah, what a new thing are you going to say? Hallelujah. But I believe those two occasions should be the easiest times to preach. Because everything in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation comes back to those two occasions. Old Testament, there were just four shadows. And the New Testament just came to consolidate what Jesus Christ came to do. Hallelujah. Yes, so you should be able to take any scripture from anywhere and preach on Christmas Day and preach during Easter. And it will still be relevant. Hallelujah. So tonight, I'm going to speak to you on the subject of the blood. Everybody say the blood. As for the, the phrase the blood, you're going to say it so many times this evening. So get ready. Say the blood. Say the blood. And anytime I ask you to say the blood, I want you to say it like people who mean business. Hallelujah. Yeah. You see, the, the whole Easter story, we know where it started from. We know the fact that God had a certain plan for man and man sinned, fell short of the glory of God. So God had to find a redemption plan, a plan to bring man back to whatever plan he had for him at the beginning. Now, if you read Genesis chapter 2, the verse number 17, this was the warning God gave to Adam before they decided to flout it. He said, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day, somebody say in the day, that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. When God uses the word surely, means he means business. You will surely die. He said, in the day, that means that very day. We all know what happened. They flouted this thing. They ate it. But did Adam lose his life on that day? Let's read Genesis chapter 5 verse 5. In fact, he lived very long. Longer than 
All of us here probably put together. He said, and all the days that Adam lived were 930 years and he died. But the word God has spoken was that on the day that you eat it, you will die. That means the death God was talking about here is not physical death, which is the separation between your body and your spirit. That's not the death he was talking about. Hallelujah. I've told you here before that death means separation. Everybody say separation. And there are different types of death. There's physical death, which is the separation between your body and your spirit. And there is spiritual death, which is separation from God. So the evidence from Genesis chapter 5 verse 5 tells us that the death God was talking about was not the physical one. Otherwise, Adam would have fallen dead. He would have fallen dead. That's it. But he lived 930 years. That means it was separation from God that he was talking about. I want to try and let you understand what it means for you to die when you are separated from God. Somebody will be asking, okay, if you are separated from God, why is it that it is dead? I'll answer that question for you today. When God wanted to create fishes, he spoke to the water bodies. He spoke to the sea. And the fishes came out of the sea. When God wanted to create flowers, plants, trees, he spoke to the earth. And the plants and the flowers and the herbs and whatever came out of the earth. But listen to this. When God wanted to create man, he spoke to himself. He said, let us make man in our own image. The source of the plant is the earth. The source of the fish is the water body or the sea. If you take the fish out of the sea, it dies. If you take the plant out of the water, it dies. In the same way, with God being our source, if you take us away from our source, we die. It's as simple as that. That is why Adam and Eve died the day they sinned. Because the sin brought a separation between them and God. And so God had to find a way of solving this problem because it wasn't part of his original plan for man. So by this sin, the seed of man became contaminated with sin. That's why David said, in sin was I conceived in my mother's womb. So it's like you are born and your DNA is already contaminated with sin. All of us were born with Adam's genes, his his DNA. That sinful DNA was in us the day we were born. And so God had to find a solution to this sin problem. So in fact, the problem of mankind from Genesis, from the Garden of Eden was a blood problem. Somebody say a blood problem. Our blood got contaminated and so God had to do something about it. Hallelujah. Today we're going to do some spiritual hematology. Hallelujah. You see, Jesus was a physician in many ways. As an ophthalmologist, he opened blind eyes. As an orthopedic surgeon, he caused cripples to walk. As an ENT surgeon, he caused the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. As a pediatrician, he healed and raised Jairus' daughter. As a gynecologist, he healed a woman with the issue of blood. As a psychiatrist, he healed the madman at the tombs of Gadara. But his greatest feat, his most accomplished accomplishment, Jesus 
accomplished it as a hematologist because he came to solve a blood problem hallelujah yeah that's why hematologists are the greatest doctors in this world <laughs> you see blood is the most important thing in the human body it's not your heart too You see, I'm, I'm going to leave hematology this year. So I'm trying to inspire some people. So that you can come and take up the mantle. Yeah, be inspired. <laughs> the way you're ready, when red, girl, you're ready. <laughs> yeah. Blood is the most important thing in your body. It's not your heart. Even the Bible says, let's look at Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. Leviticus 17, 11. It said, for the life of the flesh, is in the blood hallelujah the life of the faith so your life is in your blood your life is in your blood when your heart stops beating the reason you die is that you can't circulate blood anymore you can stop the heart be beating but if you can create a way of circulating blood the person will continue to live that's what the cardio surgeons do when they are working on the heart they find a way of bypassing so the heart will be there it's not but the person is living that is why every problem in any major organ of the body reflects in the blood you have a problem with your liver we'll see it in your blood you have a problem with your kidney and you do bue creatinine we'll see it in the kidney if you have a problem even with the same heart that pumps the blood around and your troponins and your cardiac enzymes are high we'll see it in the blood hallelujah if you have a brain tumor we'll see it in the blood everywhere in the body blood passes through everywhere the liver doesn't go everywhere the kidney doesn't go everywhere the uterus doesn't go everywhere the ovary doesn't go everywhere we can examine your blood and tell you the chances you have of conceiving hallelujah so blood is the most important thing in the human body and this blood got contaminated in the garden of eden was a problem of, of the blood contamination of the blood and so God needed to fix this problem it was a problem of sin and it was a problem of the blood by what Adam and Eve did it meant the moment you were born you already had the DNA for sin you're already a sinner you've never done anything bad but you're already a sinner so God had to fix this problem hallelujah you see that is why Christianity is the true thing to follow. And I'll explain it to you. The other religions and their leaders, some of them were good people. Though. Some of their teachings, when you read Quran, they have some good teachings. Like, help your neighbor, do those things, and blah, 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 blah. When you read some of Buddha's teachings, they are very wise. Confucius and things like that. Even though his name is Confucius, he wasn't a very confused man. They were teaching some very, very interesting things. But the problem with all of them was that they never were able to deal with the sin problem. None of them could deal with the sin problem. Muhammad couldn't deal with the sin problem. Buddha couldn't deal with the sin problem. Whoever, Krishna or whoever, none of them could deal with the sin problem. And the reason was that none of them died and resurrected. In fact, 
Even if any of them had decided to lay down their lives and die, their blood will not qualify to cleanse anybody of any sin because that blood was also already contaminated. From birth, his blood was contaminated already. No matter who you are and what teachings you teach, your blood, how can you use contaminated blood to cleanse contaminated blood? It's like you have AIDS, HIV. And I need a transfusion and they are taking your blood and giving to me. You are increasing my viral load. Hallelujah. That is why none of them could deal with the sin problem. So it had to take somebody whose blood wasn't contaminated and for that person to come and live on earth and make sure for 33 and a half years he never contaminated himself with sin. So that his blood will qualify to solve the blood problem that man had. Hallelujah. So how come Jesus' blood from the beginning was not contaminated like how every other person's blood was contaminated? It's because Jesus Christ was born in a special way. He was conceived in a special way. It wasn't an egg and a sperm that fused and got implanted for Jesus Christ to be born. So how did Mary become pregnant? That day that the angel visited Mary, Luke chapter 1, 37, 38, thereabout. The day the angel visited Mary, that was the day she got pregnant. And how did Mary get pregnant? She received a word. Somebody say a word. Somebody say a word. When the Bible says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among men, the word didn't become flesh in heaven. It became flesh in the womb of a woman. So what angel Gabriel was carrying from heaven was a word. When the Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among men, what angel Gabriel came to deliver to Mary was a word and this word is actually found in isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 where he said a virgin shall conceive and he shall give birth to a son and his name shall be called so so and so and so that was basically the message angel gabriel came to deliver a portion of scripture so listen this was what happened gabriel a messenger from god came from heaven carrying a word somebody say a word and when he delivered the word to Mary, Mary just had to accept the word for the thing to begin to work. And so if you read Luke chapter 1 verse 38, can you project that for me? Luke chapter 1 verse 38. When Gabriel came and gave the whole thesis of how favored she was and that she was going to deliver and this and this and that, she asked her questions about the fact that she's a virgin and she doesn't know a man and blah, 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 blah. Encourage her that with God all things are possible. Look at what she said. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. That moment she accepted the word and said, Be it unto me. I believe that was the moment Mary got pregnant. After accepting the word from the messenger of God. Now let me break this down and reduce it to the lowest term. When we're in primary school, we to do something. They said, the first you said reduce it to the lowest depth. Today I'm going to break this thing down. That, that statement. Be it unto me according to that word. I'm going to break it down to the lowest depth. 
He said, well, be it unto me. Everybody say, be it unto me. This is King James English. So if we bring it into contemporary English, Mary was basically saying, let it be. Let it be is the same as amen. So basically what happened here was that a messenger of God came to deliver a word from the scriptures to Mary and all Mary had to do was to shout amen and suddenly the word became flesh in her life. And so sometimes when in meetings we say that when a word comes say amen. This one was Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 that was delivered by a messenger from God. Mary just had to say amen and suddenly the process started for the destiny of the whole world to be changed. History was changed by one amen. The destiny of mankind was changed by one amen. And those of you who shout amen in church, may a word come to you that will change your destiny. May a word come to you that will change the life of your family. May a word come to you that will change the situation of your life. If you believe that it's your person, shout a big amen. All it took was amen. Amen. That was all. She just received the word. Amen. And it came from a messenger of God. And tonight listen to this messenger of God. That I say it shall be well with you. Sorrow shall depart from your household. Barrenness shall depart from your household. Lack shall depart from your household. When you go, your going is blessed. When you come, your coming is blessed. The highways and the byways are safe for your sake. Your finances are turning around in the name of Jesus. Poverty is far away from your dwelling. Your feet shall continually be planted in the house of God. Backsliding is far away from you. You are a child of God and you are anointed and full of power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And on the day of the rapture, you will be raptured into heaven. You shall make it into heaven. You will receive crowns in heaven. You receive a big handshake and a warm heart from God when you get to heaven. Hallelujah. One amen. To a word spoken by a messenger of God. That is what has changed history. And I pray that the amens you have said, let those words become flesh and become tangible for you to see the evidence of the word. So that was how Mary became pregnant. There was nothing like ovulation. There was nothing like the releasing of a sperm. There was nothing like that famous sperm race of one billion sperms. For one sperm to win, fertilize the egg and get implanted with one amen all of those natural processes were circumvented i don't know what your amen will do to you some natural processes must be circumvented that is why by the power of the word some people can even get children when they don't have fallopian tubes that is why by the power of the word people who have had hysterectomies and their wombs have been taken out can conceive and have children that is the power of the word one amen 
change the course of history. And so Jesus wasn't born or conceived by any of the natural means. That is why his blood was still pure. And he had to maintain the purity of his blood by living through 33 and a half years without sin. In fact, sometimes when I think about it, I just get more and more and more amazed at Jesus. All the temptations around him, all the temptations to be bad, all the temptations to even think evil. Because you sin is not just what you do, what you think about. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. For him to walk 33 and a half years with hormones like you and I everything normal working normally he wasn't a piece of wood or a fleshly statue walking around but he still managed the bible says he was tempted in every way yet without sin that is why his blood qualified to solve the blood problem let's put our hands together for this jesus christ once again Three and a half years. Some of you, even one day without sinning, I hear cut. If you don't commit the sin, you will think about it. You perceive it in your heart. Thirty-three and a half years. That's why his blood qualified to solve the problem of sin. any of those people had willingly laid down their lives there's no way their blood could have qualified because even from birth alone it was already contaminated but not with Jesus hallelujah and so when you look at the old testament there are a lot of foreshadows of Jesus Christ anytime you see an animal being slain it's a foreshadow of what Jesus Christ was coming to do Right from the Passover lamb to whatever. They were all foreshadows of the things that Jesus Christ was going to do. Especially the Passover lamb. The lambs that they slain on the night that the destroyer came and took away the sons, the firstborn sons of Egypt. As for that one, it was like Jesus replica. Dito, dito. I don't have time to take you through all the things. But that was Jesus Christ. It was Jesus Christ. And Paul said, Christ is our Passover lamb. So he is our Passover lamb. That means anything that was achieved by that Passover lamb in Exodus chapter 12, Jesus can do and do better. Hallelujah. The foreshadow can never be more powerful than the real thing. It's not possible. I keep telling you that when it comes to the dealing with sin, the blood of goats and doves and lambs, in Leviticus, when you sin, they'll tell you, go, sacrifice. After the sacrifice, depending on what sin you committed, they'll tell you that you'll be clean in three days' time. Sometimes they'll tell you five days' time. Sometimes they tell you seven days' time. What kind of detergent is that? Almost that you have to soak your clothes for three days, five days. Seven days before it can take out the dead. That's not proper soup. Hallelujah. But when the real one came, somebody said the real one. When the original one came, somebody said the original. It was given his first test by the thief by Jesus' side. He said, remember me when you enter your kingdom. This man had done bad things. 
he had killed people he had robbed people probably raped people's daughters in his quest to steal and to rob homes done a lot of outrageous things but he just opened his mouth and said remember me when you enter your kingdom by that time the blood has started flowing flowing from the crown flowing from the beard flowing from the two palms flowing from the side flowing from the legs and jesus opened his mouth and said he didn't say in three days time he didn't say in four days time he didn't say in five days time he didn't say in seven days time. he said this day you shall be with me in paradise that means the blood on his first test cleans the sin of the man instantaneously somebody say instantaneously so the first thing the blood does is to cleanse our sin that's the first thing it does cleanses our sin instantaneously that is why you must stop praying about that bad thing you did five years ago you should stop praying for forgiveness still satan always comes to remind you especially when your spirituality is going up or someday when you are enjoying the worship you are lifting up your hands look, 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 look at you look at you three years ago you even remember the date that night then the memories start coming hey how can i be lifting my hands before a holy god when i did that thing three years ago and that is the devil's specialty there are a lot of believers who are walking and they are bound in guilt but today receive the revelation of the power of the blood of jesus when you understand the power and the blood of jesus you pray for things that have already been forgiven there's a difference between cleaning and blotting out he talks about blotting away your transgressions when you blot something out it's like the thing never happened it's, it's like it was never there so when you waste your time still crying and praying for forgiveness god is asking angel gabriel what is this my minister of information you have all the info what is he talking about i don't remember he said i'm he who blots away your transgressions for my name's sake and i do not remember them anymore he doesn't remember them the blood has taken care of it so when satan comes and reminds you of the sins the past mistakes yes they were terrible things you did terrible things you probably didn't kill the human being you probably had 10 abortions the devil will come and remind you that inappropriate relationship you had with that woman's husband you come and remind you you were the one who caused the divorce between the man and the wife that time that you got pregnant and you were worried that they'll say christian sister how can you have a big belly with a human being inside and it's not ascites so you look left and right you said the only way out let me just go and take this thing out and so satan comes and says there is blood upon your hands you have killed a human being 
and like Abel, the blood of that baby is crying unto God for vengeance. And that is why nothing will ever be good in your life. But thank God the Bible says, the blood of Jesus speaks better things. Somebody say better things. Than the blood of Abel. The blood of Abel is calling for vengeance. But the blood of Jesus is speaking mercy. He's speaking the grace of God. He's speaking forgiveness. hold you in that prison of guilt when it comes again tell him it's under the blood if you can approach the blood go and go and lift it and look for it under it you won't even find it because it's been blotted away it's gone so there are a lot of Christians here in church but they can't be useful they are like Lazarus who was raised from the dead he was raised from the dead but he was bound with grave clothes that's what guilt does to you You've been forgiven and everything. You die spiritually. You've been raised. But you are useless because you are still having the grave clothes around you. But thank God Jesus said, lose him and let him go. And today I come as a servant of God. And I demand you to be loose from the grips of guilt. The guilt of the past. The, the guilt of the mistakes that you have made. Because the blood of Jesus has taken care of it. It is under the blood. It's under the blood. And God will not consult your past to determine your future. Oh, because we, we did certain things before we got married. So our marriage is contaminated. It's not contaminated. The blood has taken care of it. So long as you repented genuinely, you see, you activate the forgiving and the cleansing power of the blood through repentance. Everybody say repentance. Not remorse. It's not just about feeling bad. It's not enough. If you feel bad and deep inside you, when you get a chance, you do it again. That's not repentance. The cleansing power of the blood is activated by repentance. Repentance. So that is the first thing the blood does. It cleanses our sin. It cleanses our sin. And God doesn't remember the sin anymore. It's gone. It's been blotted out. It's been erased from history. It's as if it didn't happen. You see, that is why on the judgment day, our judgment will not be a judgment of condemnation. It will be a judgment of accountability. God will judge you to, in order to try and give you a reward. He's not going to pull back those things and just say, it's, the blood has taken care of it. Hallelujah. The blood has taken care of it. So the blood blots away our sin. That's the first thing the blood does. The second thing the blood does is that it brings protection. Everybody say protection. You see, when it comes to the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is such a, a powerful tool, but many of us don't know how to use it. It's a very powerful, dangerous tool. A lot of us don't know how to use it. Just like some of you, the phones you are holding, there are a lot of functions on it you don't even know. You bought it with a lot of money, but you are just using it like a yam. You don't know the functions. And, and that is how the blood of Jesus is to many of us. We, we don't know how to use the blood. If you want to use the blood, there are different ways of using it. One, 
The blood can be sprinkled. See sprinkled. Or applied. See applied. Secondly, you can activate the speakings of the blood. You can activate the speakings of the blood. So sometimes you apply it. Sometimes you sprinkle it. You activate the speakings of the blood. And then you can also drink it. As we are going to do tonight. Hallelujah. Different situations and how you use the blood. You apply, you sprinkle. You activate the speakings of the blood. And when we talk about the speakings of the blood, the Bible says, the blood of Jesus speaks better things. Somebody say things. That means plural. That means the, the blood speaks a lot of things. Many, 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 many things. It's not only forgiveness, the blood speaks. Hallelujah. The blood can speak favor. The blood can speak favor. As you see in Exodus chapter 12, that night when the Passover lamb was slain, that same night they left Egypt and the Bible said God gave them favor with the Egyptians. They went and collected gold, silver and things from there. So when you need favor, you activate the speakings of favor of the blood of Jesus. So I'm teaching you keys. Hallelujah. Activate the speaking of favor. The blood can also give you access. Somebody say access. That means with the blood, closed doors can open to you. Access. How do I know the blood can open doors? The blood can open the door to God's office. Which is the throne room of God. Let me show you Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19. He said, having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by what? The blood of Jesus. It is the blood of Jesus that gives you the key to open the door to God's office. If you want to know whether the throne room of God has a door, you can find it in Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. There is a door to the throne room of God. And this door can be opened by the blood. Look, approaching this throne is not a small thing. Timothy in Timothy, it was said that he dwells in an unapproachable light. But when you have the blood, that light, it becomes approachable. So the blood gives you access. So now listen to this. If the blood can open the door to the office of the king of kings and the lord of lords. If the blood can open the door to the office of the CEO of the entire world. Which door of which CEO of which company or which head of which institution or which president of which country can that blood open? We don't. So you are going for an interview. You unlock the door to the CEO's office in the spirit. Before you get there, you stand and say, I activate the speaking of the blood. Let the blood speak access for me. You're going to bid for a contract. You open the doors to that minister's office. Even before you go and sit down. To talk to the minister. Sometimes we are just afraid to go and ask for things. You have a key that can open every door. You have a key. That is the blood. You activate the speaking of the blood. It speaks favor. It speaks access. So the blood also speaks protection. It speaks protection. On that night in Exodus, the Bible said, 
God instructed them, kill the lamb and put the blood in the basin. Then afterwards, you take hyssop. Apply it to the doorpost and the lintel of your house. So that when the destroyer comes and he sees the blood, he'll pass over. A lot of us, we have the blood, but we are not using it. It's like it's in the basin. We are not applying the blood. We need to apply the blood to our homes. Hallelujah. Let me show you something in Job. Give me Job chapter 1. Let's start reading from verse 1. I'll show you something. He said, there was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. Next. And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. Next. His substance was also 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she asses and a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. Next. And his sons went and feasted in their houses everyone his day and sent and called for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them next and look at the verse 5 he said and it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that job sent and sanctified them say sanctify them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all for job said it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed god in their heart thus job did job continually Give me the same verse 5 in NLT. I want the last sentence. I want the last sentence again. He said, this was Job's regular practice. What was Job's regular practice? Sanctifying his children. You can't sanctify without blood. So the burnt offerings they were talking about, he will kill the animal. And if you know how burnt offering and purification is done, when you kill the animal, you drain the blood and you sprinkle. You sprinkle the blood and then the carcass is thrown into fire as a burnt offering so this was job's practice constantly sprinkling blood in his home on his children let's go on verse 6 now there was a day when the sons of god came to present themselves i want to show you the effect of what job was doing to present themselves before the lord and satan also came among them next and the Lord said unto Satan, Whence cometh thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. See, Satan doesn't need a visa to go anywhere. He just goes anywhere he likes. Next. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? That there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feared God and steward evil. God was calling Satan's attention to Job. That have you considered Job? And what Satan said revealed a lot. That means he was really considering him. Next. He said, then Satan answered the Lord and said, that Job fear God for not. Next. Has thou made an hedge? Everybody say an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he had on every side i'm showing you the effect of what job was doing continually purifying his home sanctifying the home with blood giving burnt offerings when we apply the blood to our homes when we apply the blood to our children 
to our family members, Satan can see in the realm of the spirit that something has happened. Hallelujah. So the effect of the sprinkling of the blood was that there was a hedge around them. And that is what happens when you apply the blood to your home. When you apply the blood to your house. When you apply the blood to your car. When you apply the blood to your moto. Your bicycle. May the bicycles become motos. And may the motos become cars. And may the cars become SUVs. And may the SUVs become jets and planes. Hallelujah. Satan sees the hedge in the spirit. So today when we finish, we are going to pray. We are going to spray the blood into our homes. Into every corner in our homes. Any demon that is hanging around in any corner of your home. Any squatter that is there causing confusion, causing sickness, causing all sorts of things in the home. Today we are going to spread them out. Hallelujah. Thank God the blood is liquid. Liquid can enter every corner. So no matter where you are hiding, the blood will find you. Everybody say the blood. So the blood is for protection. Just like you don't fast once and you don't pray once. You don't apply the blood only once. So you wake up in the morning and you sprinkle the blood of Jesus into your home. One day a little girl, eight year old, she attends church, children's service, everything from a Christian home. Some people in Nigeria, they cut her. They're going to use her for rituals. You know those things they do? They bound her and took her to the shrine. When they got there, the fetish priest looked at her. He said, this girl is not worthy for the sacrifice. They said, why? They said, she has blood all over her. She doesn't qualify. I pray that you have blood all over you. And your children will have blood all over them. He said, she has blood. He said, take her away. Wherever you brought her from, take her back. You can't use her for it. As for those on the other side, they can see the blood. We, we, we can't see it, but they can see the blood. You have to start applying the blood and spraying it to your finances. Apply the blood to whatever the bank account balance is. We don't care. Even if it's 10 cities, we shall cover it with the blood of Jesus. Look at it. Cover it with the blood. So your, your money is blood stained. Devils, stay away. Devourers, stay away. Blood of Jesus. You're going to travel. You soak the road in the blood of Jesus. You see, John chapter 5 verse 8. There's a very serious revelation there. In the verse 7, chapter, chapter 5 verse 7, 1 John chapter 5 verse 7. It talks about the trade that bear record in heaven. It talks about the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. But when it comes to earth, it said, the trade that bear witness. A witness is one that gives evidence. So you are talking about the three that bear witness or, or, or are sources of evidence. One, for Christ and two, against the devil. There are three. First of all, he says what? The spirit, the water, and the blood. When the Bible talks about water, he's talking about the way. He said about the washing of water by the way. So it's not water, it's not H2O he's talking about here. He's talking about the spirit which represents the anointing. 
He's talking about the word, which represents revelation. Everybody say revelation. And today you are receiving revelation into the blood. Hallelujah. When revelation comes, tools become sharper. You see, when you don't know what the thing can do, and your eyes are open to it, suddenly the thing begins to work. Revelation is a very powerful thing in, 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 in Christianity. She said, the spirit, the anointing. So the anointing can bear witness against the devil and also be a witness for the fact that Jesus is the son of God. So there are certain situations is the anointing that will work. The balal will work. Hallelujah. There are certain times it's revelation when your eyes are open to a certain word. Ah, it just brings illumination and darkness goes away. But then the third one, which is the last weapon. Everybody say the last weapon. Is the blood. You see, sometimes people may be limited in how, in the revelation they can have. If you can't read, you are illiterate, you can't read. It's very difficult for you to get any revelation from the word of God. Because you can't even read it. The anointing, there are levels. Maybe yours is not to the level to deal with a particular situation. But as for the blood, everybody can use it. Whether you are illiterate or you are a baby Christian or you are a grown-up guru in the things of God, the use of the blood is very simple. Haven't you seen a village old woman sitting somewhere? She can't quote one scripture. She doesn't have any revelation. But when she feels witches are attacking them, she open her mouth and say, Yes, That one, anybody can use it. When you fail where the anointing is concerned, and you fail where the word is concerned, ask for the blood. Somebody say the blood. Somebody shout the blood. Shout the blood. As for the blood, you can never go wrong with it. You can never go wrong. The use of the blood is, is like how speaking in tongues is. You don't know what you are saying. But you know that in the spirit, you are firing some machine guns and firing some bazookas and causing some confusion in the camp of the enemy. So when you call upon this intercontinental ballistic missile, call the blood of Jesus. Anything is possible. This is the same blood that they overcame him with. Satan. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. That theological debates as to whether that part of scripture is for the future or for the past. For me, I don't care whether it's future or past. What I know is that the blood overcame Satan. If it overcame in the past or it's going to overcome in the future, I know that the blood has power over Satan. Hallelujah. Sometimes I sit and I'm like, if only Daniel had a revelation of the blood, that 21 days wouldn't have been 21 days. That very first day. Because the answer was released by some entities somewhere. But we know that those entities fear the blood. Hallelujah. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. So the blood is for the forgiveness of sins. The blood speaks favor. It speaks access. It speaks protection. The blood is also a weapon of warfare. They're very dangerous too. Very, very, very dangerous. When you apply the blood, Satan begins to shake. And it is also a tool for judgment. Say judgment. Give me Exodus chapter 12, verse 12. 
God had to bring nine plagues. All of them, Pharaoh didn't respond. But his last card was the blood. That was when Pharaoh began to respond. And you see, all of the ten plagues, each of them was directed at one of the gods of Egypt. There's no time for me to show you all of them. They had this god who was in the form of a frog. So the plague of frogs was just to mock him. Showing you, yeah, small boy. When the whole Egypt became dark, it was Ra, the sun god. And they said, hey, master, yes, small boy, I'll do doom so. You cannot do anything about it. He was just making fun of the gods one by one, one by one. But that last day when there was the application of the blood, which resulted in the firstborn sons of the, of, of, of the Egyptians dying, what did the Bible say? He said, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. That means that particular one, God combined all the gods and executed judgment on them with the blood. And when we talk about gods, we are actually talking about demons. We are talking about evil spirits. I don't know what gods there are in your house. I don't know what demons there are in your house. But if you can deploy the power of the blood, the Lord will bring judgment onto them. Sometimes there are altars in homes that cry for blood. Every altar cries for blood. So some people may have erected some altars in the past. So you see some families and there are some very, very interesting patterns. But tonight we deploy the power of the blood of Jesus. If there be any altar erected in anybody's family, by the speaking of the blood, let the judgment of God be released upon that altar. So it's to execute judgment. A tool for judgment. And then number five it breaks people out of pits and prisons let's look at zachariah chapter 9 verse 11. this one was talking about the future when the messiah comes he said as for thee also by the blood of thy covenant i have set forth thy prisoners out of the pit wherein is no water so the blood can break people out of prisons. I don't know what kind of prison you are in. I don't know what kind of pit you find yourself in. But today by the speaking of the blood and by the appropriation of the blood. May you break out of every prison and may you come out of every pit. Maybe yours is a prison of bad health. You are like a walking pharmacy. You are taking drugs all the time. You, you need to take some painkillers in order for you to be well. Every time you are at that time of the month, you need to take drugs. You, 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 you just don't feel fine. You have this chronic headache. You have this chronic back pain. It is a pit. And the Bible is telling us that by the blood of the covenant, the prisoners shall come out of the prison and they shall come out of the pit. May you break out of that pit today in the name of Jesus. Maybe it is a pit of financial lack, chronic brokenness. It's like you are broke, like a fracture. Every time you don't have money, every time there is a leakage in your finances, it is a pit where there is no water. And today, by the blood of the covenant, may you break out of that pit in the name of Jesus. So it breaks people out of pits. Some of you, that weakness of yours is a pit. It is a prison. You have been locked in there for years. 
But today we appropriate the blood. And we break every prison door. We smash open every prison gate. And we demand your liberty tonight. According to the word of God that says that. Stand fast therefore. In the liberty wherein Christ Jesus has made you free. And be not entangled again with the shock of bondage. By the speaking of the blood. Let every shock of bondage be broken in the name of Jesus. Bondages of weakness. Bondages of lust. Bondages of addictions. Bondages of perversions. By the speaking of the blood of the covenant, we speak a prison break. Somebody say a prison break. Say we speak a prison break. Say a prison break. Let the prison gates be broken tonight. You have been there for too long. You are not a prisoner. That weakness has flawed you too many times. It's time to walk in the victory. Wherein Christ Jesus has made you free. And be not entangled again. With the shock of bondage. You need to come out of that pit. Where you have become used to that thing and it's like a part of you. And you have lost that fight. To come out of it. It's like you've just accepted. Let me just be in that pit and be there. Your place is not the pit. Your place is not a prison. Joseph was in a prison. But he came out. And you are also going to come out. And when you come out. You are going to come out onto greatness like Joseph did. Some people's sicknesses. The pit of sickness. The pit of fear. Some people have fear for the future. It's a prison. It's a pit. You're not supposed to be there. You look around. Marriages don't do well in your family. So you're afraid. Oh, will I have a good marriage? Will I get a good man to marry? Barrenness in your family. People marry and they struggle to have children. Divorce. Left, right, center. Everywhere you find yourself, it is a pit. But today, as we appropriate the blood of Jesus, as we engage the blood of the covenant, as we activate the power in the blood of Jesus, may every pit and every prison door be broken in the name of Jesus. But you see, there's a certain prison a lot of believers find themselves in. That is the prison of anticipation. Where there's something you've been anticipating for a very long time. It's a prison of hope. You're locked in the prison of hope. It's not a bad thing to be imprisoned by hope. It's better to be imprisoned by hope than to be imprisoned by despair and faithlessness. So if you are a prisoner of hope, it's not that bad, but it's not the best either. You can't continue to be a prisoner of hope and just be there anticipating that proposal, anticipating that relationship, anticipating that financial breakthrough, anticipating that call that will change your life. And you are there. One year waiting for that call is not coming. Eight months waiting for that call is not coming. Two years waiting for that marriage is not coming. Two years waiting for that man to come. It's not coming. 
prisoner of hope. It's good to keep hoping. But you can't continue to be in that prison for too long. You need to break out. A prisoners of hope. It's good to hope. But you need to break out of that prison into the realm of the realization of the thing that you are hoping for. And it's the blood of the covenant that will do that. Today, as you take this blood, every anticipation in your life, may the Lord begin to work some workings in the spirit. For you to break out of that prison of hope, that letter you have been waiting for, letter of employment, that uncle who has promised you a certain financial help and the call is not coming as you take this wine today may the Lord open doors to miracles things that you have anticipated for a very very long time you have been a prisoner of hope for too long same Zechariah chapter 9 verse 11 now move to the verse 12 there's a message for the prisoners of hope you need to break out of it and turn to your stronghold which is the blood of the covenant he said turn you to the stronghold ye prisoners of hope your stronghold is the blood somebody say the blood come on shout the blood you have been in that place of anticipation for too long but now the Lord is saying turn to your stronghold which is that blood of Jesus and when you turn, look at what he says. Even today do I declare that I will render double. Somebody say double. Say double. I'll render double unto thee. I'll render double. You have been hoping for too long. You have been anticipating for too long. But today as you break out, God is going to give you double. When he says he's going to give you double, this is not restorational restoration is when you lose something and what you lost is given back to you but there's a higher level called restitution somebody say restitution restitution there is restoration plus interest that means you get what you lost back plus some interest Israel lost their freedom to Egypt that night when the lamb was killed and God went into the land Egypt that same night Egypt let Israel go that means they gave them their freedom back but they didn't just restore their freedom the Bible said God gave them favor with the Egyptians and the Egyptians carried their gold and their silver and they gave it to the people of Israel it wasn't just restoration there's restitution I see restitution coming to somebody in the name of Jesus after years of waiting after months of waiting after months of anticipation months of prayer after months of agonizing in the spirit the Lord is not just going to restore unto you but he will bring you to the place of restitution restitution it said give and it shall be given unto you that is restoration but the restitution comes in good measure pressed down shaking together running over shall men give into your bosom and I pray and I prophesy that into your life in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I see the anointing of the double coming upon somebody in the name of Jesus there is somebody you have been praying for something you have been agonizing in the spirit for something 
you have been dreaming about something you have been hoping for something you have been locked up in the prison of hope for a very long time but as you turn to your stronghold which is the blood of jesus the blood that delivers the blood that speaks the blood that that, that speaks better things than the blood of abel let there be a restoration and let there be a restitution restitution that's why you have people who have been barren for a very long time they go to deliver the first time and they deliver twins if you are hoping for twins receive twins in the name of Jesus if you want twins may the Lord give you quadruplets in the name of Jesus four boys Matthew Mark Luke John you name them like that come we shall dedicate them for you if you believe that is a person shout amen restoration and restitution he said i'll give unto you double ah, you've been praying for that gift that anointing for a very long time you have been desiring to walk in that anointing for a very long time you have been desiring to teach the word you have been desiring to lay hands on the sick for them to recover you have been desiring to worship like joe metal and worship like nathaniel Bassi. but that saith the lord as the lord breaks you out of that prison of hope a double portion of that which you have been praying for is coming unto you in the name of jesus if you believe you are the one shout amen double portion If the one you admire in ministry raised 13 dead you raised 26 if he he launched 12 albums you launched 24 if he wrote 12 books you write 24 books A double. A double that marriage you admire your marriage will be twice better that rich man you admire and you wish you had this car your bank account is double of that rich man's bank account some of you your whole aim is that one day i will set foot in america and when we say people who have been to america that's your whole it's like when you do that now you say now i i, I am fulfilled in life about that thing for a very long time the prayer is good but you are coming to the place of realization of that prayer when God wanted to bring Jesus onto the scene Satan must have tried to do all sorts of things in the spirit to stop it and so God had to strategically position two veteran intercessors. I'm talking about Anna the prophetess and Simeon the old man. To intercede and make sure. God told Simeon that you will not see death until the Messiah comes. Somebody, some people think it's an honor God was giving. It was an assignment. That you, you will not die. You are unkillable. You are undiable. Until the Messiah has come. If a simple message from Gabriel to Daniel about the history of Israel caused wars in the heavenlies 21 days how much more when the same Gabriel is bringing news to Mary 
that with a simple amen will change the course and the destiny of the entire world there must have been wars in the heavens to stop gabriel but there were two intercessors two veteran intercessors who were on their knees constantly praying and agonizing for the safe delivery and the safe arrival of the messiah so the day jesus was taken into the temple to be dedicated simeon i can imagine an old man probably in his 80s has agonized in the spirit for years he saw jesus christ and the bible said he held him in his hands he lifted up his voice and said now my eyes have seen the consolation of israel and now thy servant can depart in peace in other words my hands have touched that which i pray for i have seen that which i've been agonizing and interceding for now i can be dismissed in peace let that be your portion in the name of jesus like simeon that thing that you have been praying for that thing that you have been worrying about that thing that you have been agonizing in the spirit in the place of prayer for may your eyes see it may your hands touch it may it be tangible in your life if you believe that is your portion shout amen said my eyes have seen the consolation of Israel the nights of prayer the days of wailing in the presence of God the days of hoping the prisoner of hope when all those good people in the Old Testament died because the blood hadn't been shed they had to be held in a certain place and Peter gave us an account that Jesus Christ went and preached unto the, unto the spirits in the prisons. When Jesus said he had to go and preach to those people. Those were prisoners of hope. Elisha was there. Enoch, okay, Enoch there, he went into heaven straight. Sarah, Rebecca, all those people, they were there. Prisoners of hope, anticipating the day that the Messiah will appear come to preach I pray that that thing that you have been praying for that thing that you have been hoping for as we turn to our stronghold which is the shed blood of Jesus let that thing be realized in the name of Jesus may the Lord give us tens of testimonies may the Lord give us hundreds of testimonies look as this thing that I'm saying I'm also speaking to myself there is a certain phone call I've been waiting for for seven months now believing God that as I turn to the stronghold tonight which is the blood of Jesus God will begin to move things in the spirit I sense in my spirit some people you have been praying for years for that brother to give his life to Christ that sister to give their life to Christ that father of yours to come to the saving knowledge of Christ but today as you turn to the stronghold which is the blood of Jesus you are breaking out of that prison of hope. The presence you are feeling is not an emotion. One of the things the blood does is to activate the presence of God. The Bible says Solomon gave a thousand burnt offerings and God appeared. God is here tonight. When you speak the blood, you activate the presence of God. And when the presence of God is activated, anything is possible. Healing is possible. Impartation is possible. Deliverance is possible. 
Anything is possible in the presence of God. I want you to lift up your voice right now and begin to pray. I don't know what that need is. That thing that you have been praying for for years. That thing that has rendered you a prisoner of hope. You have been hoping and praying for it for, for so long. Hey, you want to lift up your voice. Can I have some intercessors here? Come on, speak the blood. Plead the blood. Come on, speak the blood. Speak the blood. Activate the blood. Activate the blood. Activate the blood. Activate the blood. Turn to your stronghold. Turn to your stronghold. Ye prisoner of hope. You have been a prisoner of hope for too long. But tonight by the blood of the covenant. May you break out of that prison. Into that place of realization.
name of Jesus. Say in the name of Jesus. Say tonight. Any prison. Any pit. In my life. Say I break out. By reason. Of the blood. Of the covenant. I command. Prison gates. Say break. 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 And tonight I see people coming out of weaknesses. I see people coming out of addictions. I see people coming out of perversions. I see people coming out of depression. I hear depression. I see people coming out of depression. I see people coming out of the pit of fear. I see people coming out of the pit of anxiety. Lift up your hands. Say in the name of Jesus. Say tonight. By reason of the blood. By the speaking of the blood. I break out. I break out. I break out. Say I command. Prison gates. Break. Break.
of the weaknesses, addictions, perversions, the struggles, there are problems of the mind. Today we are going to engage the blood. Give me Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14. One of the things the blood can do is to purge your conscience. Your subconscious, your mind. That some of you, there are some past experiences that are still haunting you. It seems to have defined your character. Some abuse somewhere. Somebody hurt you somewhere. And so you are full of suspicion. Somebody hurt you somewhere. So you are full of unforgiveness. You don't believe anybody. Somebody physically abused you. Somebody verbally abused you. Somebody sexually abused you. Tonight you are going to purge your conscience with the blood. Hebrews 9.14 Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14 How much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God Hallelujah Amen. Tonight your mind is going to be purged Amen. Your conscience is going to be purged Amen. The effects of the past are going to leave Maybe the memories will not go, but the effects of the memories will be wiped away by the blood tonight. Amen. Lift up your right hand. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Say tonight. Tonight. I engage. I engage. I deploy. I deploy. I activate. I activate the blood. The blood of Jesus. Of Jesus. Say let it patch. Let it patch. My conscience. My conscience. Let it patch. Let it patch. My mind. My mind. Let it patch. Let it patch. My subconscious. My subconscious. In the name. In the name of Jesus. Of Jesus. Let up your voice. Begin to engage the blood. your minds purged by the blood tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. Every image that continually comes into your mind that is not from God may it be purged out of your mind tonight by the speaking of the blood of Jesus. Amen. The past heads, the memories that come to get you down again. You know sometimes when the devil brings back the memory of that head, 
it's like you go back to the day when the head was inflicted but tonight may your mind your conscience your subconscious be purged by the blood of every head and anything that you are holding back finally want to use the blood as a weapon of warfare somebody say warfare warfare say warfare warfare we learn from the sermon that the blood can bring judgment they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimonies in warfare there is offense and there's defense the blood can both be a weapon of offense and a weapon of defense and tonight we are deploying both hallelujah amen you are going to imagine that the blood of jesus is in a water gun a giant water gun and you are holding it and today you are going to spray it without mercy somebody say without mercy without mercy you are spraying it everywhere if you have a car you are spraying it into the car the boot the engine the ties yeah the whatever dashboard in your home every corner the bathroom the bedroom if you have children you are spraying and sprinkling the blood of jesus over their lives if any ritualist should catch them they should be they should already be covered with blood and unworthy for any other sacrifice amen you want to sprinkle the blood of jesus you see there are times when demons hide in homes demons they hide in homes they come into homes and they do all sorts of things we call them squatters uninvited guests some of them are there and they are just giving information to the kingdom of darkness so they can plot an attack on you when we do these things it's not like we are being superstitious or anything we are telling the truth these things are real tonight any squatter in your home any squatter in your room jesus any squatter in your family house jesus that is giving information when we say familiar spirits do you know what familiar spirits they are collectors of information. They are very familiar with people. They take information. The false prophets who use evil spirits to prophesy is familiar spirits that they use. They, they gather information. So the familiar spirit can tell him your name. He can tell him your phone number. He can tell everything. Take information. But tonight, any familiar spirit that has been stationed at your gate, Jesus, in your bedroom, in your house, in your hostel room, any squatter, that is meant to give information for the devil to plot your downfall, to plot disgrace. Sometimes it's not just death Satan wants to bring or sickness, disgrace. He'll trap you into something and your name is called forever. Your destiny is cut short. But tonight we are going to deploy the weapon of the blood of Jesus. Amen. As we are spraying it for protection, we are also spraying it as a weapon of attack. Amen. I told you when I preached about the church as an army, that we are not a passive defensive army at all we are an army on the offense when the bible says i shall build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it gates are for defense so it is the enemy that is on the defense we shall march against the gates and they shall not prevail against it Amen. so tonight we are defending and we are attacking at the same time you are going to deploy the blood you are going to engage the blood you are going to sprinkle the blood you are going to spray the blood you are going to smear the blood upon everything and this is warfare you don't do it smiling you don't do it gently the bible says from the time of john the baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violence shall take it by force every battle of the warrior shall be with confused noise and garments rolled in blood but this battle shall be with burning and full of fire 
some of you the, the, the lack of peace in your house is because there are some squatters there always pinching people to fight when there's too much peace at home they just go and pinch somebody hey go and say something that will hurt somebody and there is always them oil at home you have family but you are never happy you can't sit together you can't laugh that is not how god created it to be but tonight as we sprinkle the blood let every squatter be evicted they are in your house they don't pay they don't pay they don't pay uh, what do you call it rent they are tenants that don't pay rent so today we are sending an eviction notice you have been in this place for too long and by the blood of jesus we are everything you lift up your voice lift up your voice sprinkle the blood Speak the blood. Plead the blood. 
name of Jesus. We declare every squatter evicted tonight in the name of Jesus. We declare every familiar spirit evicted from your home tonight in the name of Jesus. We declare your father protected. We declare your mother protected. We declare your siblings protected. We declare your children protected. We declare everything and everybody who is valuable to you protected by the reason of the blood tonight in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. As we get ready to partake of the Lord's table, I want us to just spend a minute and thank Jesus for the cross. Thank him for what he did on the cross. Thank him for taking the pain. Thank him. Just, just thank him. Just, just thank him. Thank him for accepting to sacrifice himself. Just thank him. Even before we take of his body and his blood, just thank him. Thank him for his body. Thank him for can we have the singers on the Come on, break. Just thank you. Just thank you. Just thank you. Just thank you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for accepting the crown of thorns. on how you can receive more teachings from the man of God, reach us on 024-873-7250.